Hey everybody, what's going on? Arm and Hammer here. That right there is Justin LaFranco with the Morning Chalk Up, and welcome to this episode of On the Minute. Today we are gonna deep dive, or you know, shallow end, whichever we're comfortable with, into 19.2 and really just the entirety of the 2019 CrossFit Games Open so far. It has been a really fascinating couple weeks, and I think we should just start off, Justin, with a surprise name at the top of 19.2 on the men's side. Maybe it shouldn't have been a surprise? I don't know. Well, the king still has it, apparently. Um, Rich Froning did not disappoint. Um... He demolished the workout and proved his time, which was already a very impressive time from three years ago by a minute and two seconds. Uh, you watched the video. I know I watched the video. Um, I believe he prefers to be referred to as Richard Froning now. So if we could all just start calling him Richard, that would be great because that's what it says on the open. So No, I mean, what struck me in the workout was that here's a guy that hasn't really lifted super heavy. Um, you know, he said at Wadapalooza that his, that his heaviest clean and jerk in... Um, about a year and a half was 345 pounds, which isn't that much heavier than the barbell that he was lifting for 19.2. And he looked good, like clean. All of those reps, including the 315 reps, look solid. And obviously he was good enough to post the top time worldwide, but um, that was the kind of killer rich froning that people love to see in competition. And every time I think that people see him doing that individually, they get really excited and they're you know, sort of waving the banners for Rich Brody to come out of the woodwork and, and uh, you know, pose a threat to Matt Frazier, which we're pretty confident isn't going to happen, but it's certainly fun to watch it. It absolutely is not going to happen, but once it touches the lips, it's just so good. You know, you can't stop. You see him just absolutely demolish a workout like this and put his name on it, stamp his name on it. And, you know, you start you start forgetting, like, you know, he, he's been doing this to his body for 10 plus years at this point. He's got some busted knees. You know, he's essentially an old man compared to the rest of the individual field right now. You don't, you just like brush over those facts. And when you see just a superhuman performance, all of the rest of it gets lost in that Corona. And yes, Richard Froning is the king of 19.2. Yes, he is a legend. Absolutely impressive performance. No, do not get your hopes up. The man is not coming out of retirement to compete individually again. He's just here to flex uh, on some of these young guns out there. Well, like I said to you yesterday, I'm like, you know, here's this rich Froning throwing salt on the wounds of younger athletes. I mean, the guy three years later, he is not, and he's admitted this, like he's not training to be an individual athlete. But regardless of that point, his performance in the open continues to stand for itself. The guy continues to qualify, would have qualified for the regionals. The guy continues to be in the top 20 worldwide every single year. And I, except I believe maybe it was last year that he wasn't. Um, but he'll probably end up walking into a top 20 position again, which is crazy that Rich Froning admits out loud that he is not training to be an individual athlete, and yet he is still fitter than almost every single one of them. And let us not forget that just a couple short weeks ago, he was leaving it up to a vote on his Instagram whether he should participate in the Open. Right, this guy doesn't even need to do it to qualify for regionals like last time. This guy's just doing it for fun. He's doing it as a great ambassador of the sport. And, 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 and oh, and by the way, I'm just gonna go on ahead and be in the solid contention for a top spot. Why not? He's you know? doing it for the love of the game. And yeah. by the game, I don't wow. mean CrossFit. I mean really... crushing the hopes and dreams of young CrossFitters out there. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> On the women's side, we have a, a whole slew of 
of things to talk about here, though. Let's let's dive into first off the top score on the women's side. If you account for some of the clearly miss uh, mislabeled scores in there, just people putting in their tiebreakers when they clearly had not finished the workout. If you account for all of those wrong scores, it seems like first place is Brooke Haas who is a four-time regionals athlete, twice on team, uh, twice individually, and has put in a time just over 14 minutes. So 14.01 was her time on this workout, which means that she finished a 20-minute time-capped workout with six minutes to spare and two minutes before the last segment of the workout even began. And that is a bonkers performance hats off to Brooke Haas uh, right behind her. Of course, Brooke Wells, who did very well on this workout in 2016. And Justin, I think you and I have talked about this a bunch outside of that individual performance. The fascinating thing about 19.2 and 16.2 is that it seems like maybe the women's side wasn't written as elegantly and as well as the men's side was. Well, well elegantly, I think it was brutal in an elegant sense, but but here's, I think, the issue that we are, are, are pointing out with the workout. It's that this is way too light, you know? And this is way too light for these ladies. They are demolishing this workout. And and, and for those, you know, who, who have a lot of familiarity with RX workouts in the CrossFit space, okay, you go back to look at it in the open workouts. There's a 30% differential between the male and female weight. This is not 30% of the, of the male weight, or excuse me, 70%, 30% less. This is not 70%. 70% of 135 is 94.5 or 95 pounds, which is, which is what, you know, the, 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 the translation equivalent is um, that's oftentimes used as like grace. 90, 30, not 135, 95. This was 135, 85. And it's not, it has nothing to do with really comparing, you know, the fact that, 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 that women finish so much faster than men. There's no real issues with that because they're not competing against one another for the top times. The point is, is that are they adequately testing the upper limits of that division? And I don't think they are because, you know, the, the final barbell is supposed to be a serious test for the fittest athletes. Dave likes to make athletes earn a heavy barbell. And in this instance, athletes are absolutely demolishing through these weights moving at unbelievable speeds. I don't think it's testing the upper limits of those athletes. That barbell weight has nothing to do with athletes like you and me, Armin, but has everything to do with the people that are going for that top 20 position. I don't think it tested them enough. I thought, I think it should be heavier. It would have something to do with you and me if it was like, deadlifts maybe you know, like uh, a really good yeah, day deadlifts at 315 perfect i could <laughs> i can play but that given game. the fact that they're they're <laughs> cleans i think especially on the women's side every barbell in my opinion as a man not doing the workout as a woman every barbell was 10 to 15 pounds light and i actually am basing that off of the difference in times between the men's and the women's workouts. And the reason why I'm doing that is because if you look at a competitive event, yes, the women and the men are not competing uh, between themselves, but they are competing among their own divisions. And generally speaking, you want the tests to be about the same. And my, my question is, 
if we are trying to account for why the fastest men's time in the world was just under 16 minutes and the fastest women's time in the world was just over 14 minutes, there's a two minute difference there. That delta is really huge. I mean, especially for a workout that is a 15 average 15 minute workout right there, that's a huge delta. And so if you're looking at that difference, the accounting obviously must come somewhere and maybe it's Toast to bar are easier for women or it's a shorter distance to move the barbell. But to me, the sort of red flag here is that the weight is a little bit too light. And if if that's the weight it's supposed to be, then maybe move it down a little bit on the men's side. Or if that's the weight it's supposed to be for the women, then move it up a little bit on the women's side and maybe you know fix that disparity. It's as if you know you saw a workout programmed at the games. Let's say we saw a workout program at the games where the the men were finishing six or seven minutes faster than the women were. It would tell you something. Maybe this this test is more skewed towards one direction or the other. The weights just were imbalanced slightly. Um, I think that years ago there was a bigger differentiator between the the Olympic lifting of men and women. Um, but women are killing it. They are absolutely destroying these weights and they are uh, a, a head and shoulders above actually as the female games athletes are more accomplished Olympic weightlifters in the men's side. That's just the fact. And so, you know, by way of a statistic here for you, like the, the, the 70% of male weight equivalent that's used in, in our benchmark workouts, the upper barbell would have been a 220 pound barbell instead of 205 pound barbell. And that is a significant difference. That is a difference that says in order to complete the reps at 220, you are going to have to work for every lift except for the most accomplished lifters that are out there. But if you're good enough to earn that barbell, then you're going to be able to make that lift. I think at the end of the day, it, it won't make that big of a difference. You know, it's not going to separate the, the, the change in sort of the, the top end of the women's spectrum uh, in this in this event probably wouldn't have changed too much. You know, there could be a little bit of shuffling here and there. There'd certainly be less athletes finishing the event. But I, I think really the overall the 10,000 foot view of, of a discussion like this is should HQ update events when they repeat them? And we saw something like this happen in previous years. I mean, we've seen, uh, let's say the, the 2007 event, the, the, uh, hopper event show up at the games years later, they did, it was like the thousand meter row and then five rounds of 25 pull-ups and seven push jerks with 135.95, right? We saw that workout show up again at the games and they absolutely crushed it. I mean, it wasn't even, it's it's clearly an older workout. It's clearly not a workout meant to test the best of the best here. And so they just go very, very quickly through it. But the question is when an event like that shows up, sometimes the games have actually set the precedent of changing the event in order to be a better test, like the sandbag moves from uh, the original 2010 CrossFit Games moving the sandbag through the tennis stadium to when they repeated it years later. Yeah, we, I mean, we looked at this the same exact thing a couple of, uh, during the last CrossFit Games because, because you know, like the Open, Dave frequently incorporates elements of repeat. It's a part of the test of fitness by and large, just to see where athletes are progressing, how they're progressing, whether they're progressing or not, you know? And and here's an example of areas where they've done this, okay? The deadlift ladder from 2009 to 2016 obviously had to change the weights for that because the upper portions of weights back then, quite frankly, were not heavy enough for to test 
today's athletes. The Fibonacci final was changed, and in the Fibonacci final example, they actually changed the workout for women, and that made a lot of sense. Absolutely, and I think I think from from the greater perspective of this thing, the the question remains: in the competitive sphere of CrossFit, the testing needs to have a slight difference than what we would see in the gym. And when we are in the gym, we generally just want to retest the same workout so we can see how we've improved. But on the testing side of things, the arm race that is fitness at the top end, at the very end of this, the, the very tip of this spear, if you will, that arms race is very aggressively climbing ever ever higher and we're we're getting fitter and fitter at that top end and so the testing needs to be like razor sharp scalpel specific surgery in order to find the exact things that they're trying to test and i i i have a solution <laughs> my solution <laughs> is that you repeat this workout and the update to it is you add another four minute segment after you oh, complete. that's a great idea because it wouldn't matter for any of us. It know? only it only tests the, exactly. the the top end. You had just you had another four minute segment, yeah, and whether that's idea. the you know you just move down to five cleans, right. slightly heavier, right? right or right. you you turn it into twenty five toes to bar, fifty double unders, and a one rep max clean, sure. right? So you can you can have so many different ways of of updating yeah. this workout without necessarily changing it's it for idea, the ninety nine point nine percent. And uh, yeah, sometimes I have good ideas. Let's go ahead and zoom out of, of 19.2, 16.2, and, and maybe these discussions of repeated workouts. And let's go ahead and move right on over and look into specific athletes and their performances. Because one of the things that we are seeing this year that we have never seen before in the CrossFit Games is that the open matters at a level that it never has. And it is a direct pathway to the CrossFit Games. And because it's a direct pathway to the CrossFit Games, at the very tippy top, the competition is very fierce. And you and I, we've seen a lot of athletes compete. And I think we probably were joined by many other people when the first changes were announced. We essentially wrote off maybe 25 athletes. And we're like, you guys are never making it to the CrossFit Games again. I'm sorry. Uh, just it's, it's just too competitive at this point. You know, never placed in the top 20 worldwide in the open. No chance of winning a sanctioned event because you never won regionals. Blah, 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 blah. And look at us just eating crow, I think, about a certain a couple specific athletes out there who may or may not appreciate having been called out in this in this way. No, I see. You know what? I'm going to... I'm going to take Jason Carroll because I saw him re redo 19.2 yesterday and then I told him this very same thing. So this has already been pre-cleared through him. So he knows I'm going to, I'm going to um, knock on him for a second. But Jason Carroll was demo team last year. He missed qualifying for a second, uh, um, for a second games athlete or games appearance. He's, he's a one-time games athlete. And he basically, um, you know, is an athlete that I had put on my radar screen as like a I don't know, man. With all these changes, I don't really think this guy's going to be able to pull a sanction event win out of his hat. And I don't really see him being top 20. I wrote him off 100%. I told him this yesterday. I was like, you know what? Thank you for proving me wrong. You clearly spent the last six months in working with the Brute Strength team to improve on some core weaknesses. And the guy, dude, the guy's sitting second place worldwide overall right now. And, 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 and he's a taller athlete. He's almost the same size as me. He loves to row and wall ball. He's got a great engine. So he got fourth place worldwide on that workout, posted a phenomenal score. Nothing about that is super surprising. But then he comes and he tackles a heavy barbell. And I saw him lifting 315 so well. He was so clean in, in, in his catch. He was super strong out of the bottom. 
And this is a guy that fundamentally took the last six months, said, you know what, whatever, whatever about those changes, my attitude about this thing is if I want it, I'm gonna go get it, and that's exactly what he did, and I'm super impressed with that. I love the fact that I'm seeing Jason Carroll right here. The guy also is really good at Fran. He loves thrusters and gymnastics. So I'm putting him in a very, very strong position to be top 20 worldwide and prove every one of us wrong that a one-time games athlete still has a shot in a new format. I can just kind of imagine you, like this is how I picture this happening and how it tickles me to picture this happening. The, you sitting there having written like an obituary for, for Jason Carroll and his CrossFit Games career. And then he goes off and he's in second place after two weekends and you're just like, delete. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the guy, the guy's, the guy's a great athlete, you know, but he's, he's a one-time games athlete and you don't pick that guy. You don't pick that guy when you say you got it. There's only 20 spots. I listen, I am, I am supporting Tom Hanks, CrossFit Tom Hanks, 100% of the way. Uh, for me, I guess the athlete that I would point out here is Amanda Barnhart, an athlete who was a rookie at the CrossFit games last year, did exceptionally well in one of the events, specifically the clean and jerk ladder and who really showed that that there's there's room for athletes who are rookies at the big show to show up and and give us a really entertaining experience and also compete against the best in the world and just based off of the rookiness of her of her first year just just the fact that she was a first year freshman at the CrossFit Games my guess my assumption my gut was it's just not going to happen i mean this this is incredibly difficult already to make it to the games it's very difficult to make it back to the games after your first go and it's going to be even harder because of how different this season has been and look at her she's in fourth place overall worldwide a, a position that isn't cemented yet because it's very very tight at the women's uh, the top end of the women's race but a position that is a great place to be in going into three more weeks of the open and i, I i've got to say like you know all of my base assumptions aside of of just where rookies would be placing coming into this year's open I'm super impressed with how well she's been doing across these two workouts specifically, but also just seeing the improvement that she's been putting in from year to year in the open. Yeah, I think what's most impressive, again, with both of these athletes is that you look at their second week and you go that if they're moving the barbell really well and they're posting a top worldwide time on a heavy barbell movement and they're posting a top worldwide time on a heavily aerobic movement, a workout. I'm liking everything that I'm seeing from a number standpoint. I mean, look at the athletes that are just behind her. Laura Horvath, Annie Thor's daughter, Mackenzie Riley, Brooke Wells, uh, Gabriella Magala, Carolyn Prevo, Kristen Holta, Katrin David's daughter, Jamie Green, China Cho. Those are in the top 20 right there. Those are the athletes that she's beating. Those are multi-year games veteran athletes who are known for being able to deliver when it counts. This is a seriously impressive performance by uh, by Barnhart, and I'm really excited to see the next three weeks of how she performs. Now, on the flip side, I think there are some athletes that we thought would be shoo-ins who perhaps have a rougher ho ro ha who perhaps have a rougher road ahead of them, and. I guess on the men's side, we talked about this last week with Noah Olson, who has made huge gains over just one week of competition. You know, obviously it's going to be very difficult 
as we talked about again last week, for him to make that top 20 position uh, with like nearly an 800th place finish on 19.1. But with his performance in 19.2, he moved himself up into the low 200s, which is a big jump. Yeah, 249th. And he's going to be jumping again a a bunch of spots over the next couple weeks. The question is whether it's going to be enough. But on the women's side, on the women's side is a really interesting one. An athlete that has essentially always excelled at the Open, who this year isn't really doing as well as many expected her to do. And that's that's Camille. And we saw Camille, you know, come in and really make a name for herself by showing up for workouts, specifically Amanda, where she crushed the field when there was high skills involved. And she's made a name for herself winning the CrossFit Games in 2014 and and performing really well during the opens in every open that she's competed in. But this year Something is different. Yeah, she's placed. She's currently placed 300th after a 954th place finish in the first workout. Now she came back and she placed currently 29th on 19.2, and that'll settle up a little bit when some of the other scores are removed from the top um, that are er- erroneous scores. But um, you know, 300th is no small order. I mean, that's that's a long ways to go. Now, clearly, this is an athlete with a ton of open experience and a really strong performer when it comes to the open. So um, the question is, you know, what happens in workouts three and four? And um, I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. You know, she's been top 20 in the open for the last five straight years, maybe even further back than that, but uh, but we, we didn't look at it that far. So, um, She's an obvious performer and knows how to get the job done, but she's been really quiet this offseason, so it's hard to get a good get a good sense of where her head's at. And you know, if she's if she's tackling this, she's competing as an American, and she's clearly out of contention for the top U.S. spot. That's not going to happen at this point. I think with Kemi, there's there's really a couple things to keep in mind here. First off, uh, my understanding is that she has plans to compete as sanctional later in the season, um, sometime in April or May, if I if I have my numbers correct here. And that could be uh, an important factor in how her performance in the Open is showcased right now because she could be eyes on the prize, going to win a sanctional in that mode right now. Secondarily, I think the thing to keep in mind is generally the thing that was her biggest weakness in 19.1 is her biggest strength everywhere else in the Open, which is her height. She's not a very large athlete. She's not tall. She's not big, but she's very strong as we see her performance in 19.2 uh, putting a highlight on. On top of that, the movements that are remaining in the CrossFit Games Open, if they're anything like what we have seen in the past, we're talking about some sort of gymnastics workout, some sort of high skill gymnastics potentially. Every workout, every final workout of the Open has included thrusters in it. And thrusters are classically a movement that favors smaller athletes who are very strong. And that's exactly what Kemi is. She's a small athlete who's very strong. Not written out, you know, but um, 300 is, is is deep there. And there's a lot of players who are not giving up ground after week one. And that's where we're looking at it, saying, okay, which athletes that are currently in the top 20 is she beating? She got 29th, so she's not beating any of them yet. Not yet. Either way, folks, 19.3 is right around the corner. Justin... How are you feeling about 19.3? Cuz 19.2 did not go your way, bud. Yeah, it didn't go my way. I'm uh, I'm I'm not feeling 
uh, my uh, best at the moment. So no excuses there. But 19.3 uh, should be fun. I mean, as long as it's something that's, uh, uh, you know, I'd like a classic triplet AMRAP or something like that. I love those kind of workouts. Those uh, play really well to my strengths and anything where, you know, the engine keeps the keeps the body running for a while um that's gonna probably play to my strength a little bit better than, than a heavy barbell to be honest i think we're gonna see uh deadlifts and handstands this week this nice. is gonna be it this is gonna be the deadlifts and handstands yeah, week that's a little I, similar to what we had last time come on you gotta be more original than that that's 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 like diane repeat that's almost like having two repeats which would be ah uh, originality is overrated yeah, let's see enough. those deadlifts and handstands folks Sounds anyway good. there you have it that's an episode of on the minute i'm armin hammer that is justin lafranco and as always we'll see you guys next time good luck in 19.3 folks